Things aren't going to happen according to plan. Just don't freak out. Everything will likely be just fine. Just don't freak out if things don't go exactly according to plan. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for today's episode of The Capitalist Investor. I'm Mark Tepper, joined by Derek Gabrielson. Hey, Mark. How are you today? Doing well, D. How are you? Pretty good. All right, man. So what, what, are, what are we going to talk about today? I know I've had a lot of conversations with uh, clients and even prospective clients over the last month or so you know, around retirement. It does feel a lot like 2008, kind of in that regard. Like, hey, you know, we, we've come into this COVID-19 pandemic, whatever we're, we're going to call it these days. And, you know, hey, 2020 was my retirement year. Right. This is when I was scheduled to retire. Yep. I've been planning for this for seven years or whatever the case yeah. may be. Now that date hits and cold feet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cold feet and, you know, just not knowing what the future is going to look like. It's tough. Right. And it's really tough. One of our advisors was asking about that on our, our virtual meeting because, you know, we do our, our Zoom meetings uh, in the morning. For our company, since we have a lot of people working virtually right now, but he asked, he's got a lot of clients who, you know, are, are pre-retirees. They're 60-ish years old and they lost their jobs. Right. And, and his question is, like, what are you guys recommending right now? You know, normally I would think that, you know, in a normal economy, people would be reemployed within three months. What are you thinking now? And we're like, oh, geez, like 12 months? Be Like it. 12, yeah. They might be quote unquote retired by default. Right. Right. And we've used, we used that, we haven't used that term in a long time. <laughs> I know. But we were using that back in 2008, 9, and 10, where we did have a lot of clients in their early 60s with full intentions of retiring at 65 or whatever. Right. And uh, they were unable to at least get a job that was paying something comparable to what they were used to making. Right. Right. That doesn't mean that they couldn't go and get a, a job at, you know, Home Depot as a supervisor that maybe mm -hmm. was paying half of what they were used to making, but they were unable to to really get the same position again. Right. Right. We might end up seeing that this time around as well. Absolutely. And I think with what you just talked about, about people getting laid off uh, in this first wave, uh, I think we've already started to see it. Hopefully we can come back from it and a lot of people can get similar jobs to they to what they had before this. Uh, but we just don't know. We have such a lack of data right now, such a lack of, you know, timeline when things will get back to quote unquote normal. So what, what does, you know, what does my future look like now? My, you know, as a pre-retiree, how do I know what I should be doing? Should I be doing the same thing? Should I be changing it up? Should I be going to Home Depot to try to get a job right now? That place is packed. People have nothing to do. I can barely change a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd go to Home Depot and I'd learn how to do some landscaping. You know, my, my dad like just redid his steps, I believe. I don't oh, think really? he's ever done anything like that in his entire life. You know, so. Yeah. I personally, we, are, we are all doing things that we've never done before, right? <laughs> I personally am not going to get too involved in stuff like that. I can tell you that. Uh, handiness does not run in my family. <laughs> so you're like me with the yep. light bulb, huh? Exactly. But, you know, we're armed with something we didn't have before, which is YouTube. Actually, this happened this morning. We had a little... Uh, 
a little smell coming from our bathroom. It was the drain pipe, and I was able to Google that, and it just had, the shower hadn't been used in, in some time. So learn anything on YouTube. Had man. a dry trap, man. Dry yeah. trap. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but I, that's that's good. You learn something new. Yep. Right? So exactly. So sidetrack here. Mm-hmm. You've got two kids. I've got three kids. Right. Right. What What were those classes called when you're you're getting ready to have your first kid and you go there with your wife and they you know teach you what to expect, what not mm-hmm. to expect? What are those maternity like, classes? Ma- ma- yeah, maternity, mommy and me classes. I yeah, think they yeah. call them. So one of the things the I baby remember, boot, baby boot camp, baby boot camp. That's yeah. the one. Yep. <laughs> so one of the things I remember that really sticks out in my mind from those classes was whatever your game plan is. It's not going to happen that way. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. You have been seeing your OBGYN for the last eight and a half months, expecting that to be the person that does your delivery, and it might not happen. Don't right. freak out when mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. You might, you know, so it just things happen, and whatever your game plan is, it's not going to be executed perfectly. It's not going to happen that way. Right. For Same sure. thing with financial planning, man. That's one of the best analogies I've ever heard in Thank my you. whole life. I just came up with that on the fly right now. <laughs> Seriously, that is fantastic. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> because it, it's, it's perfect. You know, my kids now are almost three and almost one. And yeah, I can tell you for sure, <laughs> everything that you're expecting, everything that you're reading as you go through those, you know, how to be a good daddy books, you know. You can throw all that out the window. So if, if anyone out there is expecting, you know, those books are nice to have and a good frame of reference. But helps it, you to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Right. But you can't fixate on it happening that way. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and I think one of the most important takeaways that that I and, and hopefully my wife had from from those classes was things aren't going to happen according to plan. Mm-hmm. Just don't freak out. Right. Don't freak out. Right. (laughs) Know that there are alternatives. Everything will likely be just fine. Just don't freak out if things don't go exactly according to plan. Right. Because you've seen it. You've seen the complacency build over the last 10 years of this bull market. People, you know, especially the new people that we talk to, the further and further that we got away from 2008, that just left people's mind. And it was, hey, how much money am I going to make this year? Yeah. Right. Everyone just in the market, in the market. Right. Yeah. Just instantly forgot about all that pain. And and really, the first thing that that we want to talk about, the need for a good financial plan. Right. That has to be step one in your in your line of defense. And I love how you say you need a good financial plan. And if if we incorporate that maternity class analogy into this, you need your plan and you need a bunch of backup plans too. <laughs> exactly right. Right? And that's one of the things that we always do when we put together plans for our clients is we run the different stress tests. Absolutely. Okay. So you're planning on retiring at 65. What if you go at 63? What happens? Right. What if the first year you retire, your portfolio is down 20%? What happens? Exactly. Right. Are you getting these tests run for you? Do you have them right now? It's not something that is a one size fits all answer for everyone. That's why, you know, we've been saying over the last, you know, five, 10 years, you need to be prepared for all these different situations. And, and you're not going to get those if you're, if you're not doing a good financial plan. Exactly. A robust financial plan. And and I know we're going to dive into more detail about what makes a good financial plan versus a plug and chug. Right. Some 
low level analyst can type in, you know, 13 minutes worth of information and give you a quote unquote financial plan that's completely worthless. Right. <laughs> There's they're not accurate. <laughs> they're either going to give you false hope that you can retire mm-hmm. when in actuality, when you dig a little deeper, you can't because there's lots of pieces that were not factored into the equation properly. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to tell you that uh, you'll never be able to retire. And that's not true. Right. Right. So <laughs> it's just not going to give you, I think when people do a, a financial plan, yes, they want to know if they can retire, but I think deep down inside the most important thing is they want peace of mind. Right? Absolutely. They want to sleep well at night. Yeah. They want peace of mind knowing that I can live my life. I'm 62 years old. I want to live my life. I don't want to worry about whether or not I can retire at 65. I have somebody doing that for me. They have they've let me know that it can happen, that my returns don't have to be extraordinary. They just have to be reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they want. And that's that's really the kind of clients we enjoy working with. Absolutely. Clients who want to cross items off their bucket list. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love being able to give our clients the peace of mind, the confidence, the swagger to move forward in life and do what they want to do. Right. Because that's that's what they've been working for their whole lives. Exactly. So that, that is a great type of client to work with. Someone who knows they're not going to try to beat the S&P 500 every year or have some type of lofty retirement budget that, that doesn't fix, fit their picture. Yeah, they just want to you know, live their life. They have items that they want to do. How do we achieve those goals? Yep. Right. And, and that's what really where we start off with, with a good financial plan. And I, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but you know, over the years, you know, how many people have you seen, you know, not, not our current clients, but the first time that you meet with people mm-hmm. who actually have a plan in place, not a, not something that it took, you know, 20 minutes to put together, but a real financial plan. 1% maybe. Yeah. 1%. And for the 1% I've seen, I would say close to 100% of those cases, we have found inaccuracies in their financial plan. Absolutely. We looked through it. We found out that their social security benefits were overinflated. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you really think social security is going to go up 3% every year? No. (laughs) I don't. So why does it say it is in your plan? Yep. 3% no matter what. Derek, do we have a marginal tax system? where your incremental dollars, the additional dollars you're earning are taxed at higher rates, or do we have a flat tax system? Yeah, incremental. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think we all know that. So why does your financial plan have just a single effective tax rate? Again, you know, I think you're right on with that 1% number. The people who have a financial plan have that that flat tax rate in in their current plan across the board. Yes. Now, the engineering type clients, Mm -hmm. the analytical engineers, the ones who love Microsoft Excel, right? <laughs> they will come in with their financial plan. Right. But there's so many errors in there. Mm-hmm. I, I can remember back to one specific example. They were like a 65-year-old couple. They were retiring that year and they needed, let's just say, 75 grand a year to live off of. Right. Okay. And he put together this this beautiful spreadsheet. <laughs> v lookups and the whole deal. No, <laughs> no. I, I I can't even do that. Can you do that stuff? I used to be able to. But I mean, I haven't taken an Excel now. class in twenty years. I know. Right. 
That's why we need millennials in the office. <laughs> exactly. like they're, they're good with that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this beautiful spreadsheet that showed uh, that their plan was just fine. They were going to get 75 grand every single year for the next 30 years. Right. Dude, you need more money every year. <laughs> There's this thing called inflation. Right. Did you take taxes out of the 75? Oh, you forgot that too? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, so there's there's a lot of people out there who think they have a plan. Right. If you were to bring that into me, and if you're listening and you want us to review your plan, let us know. Shoot us an email at info at swpconnect.com. No cost. We'll take a look at it. If it's good, we'll give you the thumbs up, right? Mm-hmm. If there are some inaccuracies, we'd be happy to take a look at it and say, Social Security is overinflated, whatever. I mean, we can walk you through the issues that we see. But those Excel spreadsheets are always the worst. Right. Completely inaccurate. For sure. Right. So, you know, just to go through this checklist here, to answer that specific question that we that we set out at the onset, make sure you have a robust financial plan that can be updated as needed. Yep. Right. Last year, with the market up 30%, you know, probably didn't need too much of an update in your financial plan. Do you think you need an update in your financial plan this year? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say probably, right? So make sure that it gets updated and, and it has the ability to, to be updated, not just rerun from scratch, yeah. right? And all those things that we just talked about, inflation, uh, marginal tax rates, make sure they're in there. Uh, and one more quick one that I'll mention here, um, your income strategy. Has anyone taken a look at pulling that income out in the right order? You know, lots of people probably have most of their money uh, saved in their work plan that eventually gets into an IRA account when they yep. retire. But do you have other sources? Do you have cash sources, uh, non-qualified accounts, uh, Roth IRAs, uh, which, which we'll talk about in a future show? Should you be doing small Roth conversions every year to take advantage of that, getting up to the top of that marginal tax bracket you're in? Absolutely. And these are the questions that only a financial plan can answer. Yep. You know, It's not a good idea for everyone to do a Roth conversion, but maybe it helps in your specific situation, uh, in your specific uh, tax situation as exactly. well. Yep. So, you know, make sure you get that that looked at. Data, right? There's always going to be the answers, provide the answers to the questions. The more information that you have, the better decisions that you'll be able to make. And unfortunately, you know, this isn't kind of, you know, the, the back of the napkin type of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more complicated than that. And frankly, you know, everyone always likes to talk about rates of return and investments. And, and it's, it's more fun to talk about, you know, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. But the, 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 the moves that you can make based off of these plans are significant and they will add money into your pocket. Yep. Each and every one of those moves, little moves here and there, you might not think they have a big impact, but when you do 25 little moves over the course <laughs> of a 25-year retirement, right, they add up. Absolutely. And I think we've talked about this in past shows, but you know, strategies such as when the market's down, definitely don't pull money out of your stock positions. Pull out of the bonds or maybe draw on a home equity line of credit and then pay that back. And that, mm-hmm. that's a move that we had the analysis run and I forget the exact number, but we utilize that home equity line of credit strategy every time there was a bear market. Paid it back with interest when the account regained its footing. And I want to say it added like a half of a percent annually mm-hmm. to someone's returns. Yeah. Right? I mean, those are just little things that you, you do a bunch of little things it all adds up. Right. That's a great point right there. And, you know, I think another one that that's really popped into the picture recently is understanding your risk tolerance. 
Yeah. You know, obviously we've been doing lots of shows on, you know, the details of that and, you know, active versus passive investing and what stocks should we be in now coming out of uh, this pandemic. All that stuff's great, you know, but you really need to understand your risk tolerance. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people have really been put to the test recently. You know, when you see the stock market plummeting like it, yeah. like it started out too, right? Yeah. How can you fight against that so you're you're you know not up at night thinking about are my investments safe you have to do it before it happens right yeah <laughs> you got to have a bunch of backup plans ready mm-hmm. to go right that's what makes you sleep better at night not just having one plan that gives you the green light right hey you can retire at 65 all right but what if this happens what if that happens what mm-hmm. if i lose my job what if i get sick and in have to retire, you know? Mm-hmm. What if social security is reduced in the future? Right. What if taxes go up? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we just created $6 trillion of, of new money. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> taxes taxes were going to go up before this, and I can tell you uh, they're going to have to. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people, unfortunately, seem to believe that money grows on trees. Right. <laughs> I know for a fact it doesn't because I'd have one of those damn trees in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and again, we'll we'll do more details on this, but that this is meant to be more of a checklist. Hey, what should I be doing right now in, in in the middle of this pandemic? Understand your risk tolerance and understand your asset allocation. You don't need to be all in the stock market all the time. What you really want to take a look at, especially as you get towards retirement, uh, and we've, we've been talking about this for years, reducing your volatility. Yeah. It's no fun to pull income out of an account that's down 30%. Right. That hurts. That crushes your your success rate in your plan. So what can we do to avoid things like that? Uh, asset allocation, you know, building out the, the proper buckets for your income. Do we have enough guaranteed income? You know, that that's a thing, you know, we get asked about all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we found through, you know, really just presenting a lot of plans over the years. If your guaranteed income that you'll receive in retirement is below 60%, a bear market is really going to adversely affect your long-term success of your retirement plan. So that's guaranteed. If your guaranteed income divided by your expenses, spend a hundred grand a year, right? Mm -hmm. If that's what your expenses are, and you don't have at least $60,000 of guaranteed income, you're going to take it on the chin pretty hard when the market's down 20%. Right. I mean, that's just a great, you know, number for us to track, right? Is right. that 60% threshold, making sure that you're there. I mean, if you think about it, D, for those people who know that they've got guaranteed income to the tune of 60%, and when we talk guaranteed income, you know, that's pensions, social security, maybe you have an annuity or something like mm-hmm. that. They're probably not freaking out as much as, as others no. right now, right? Because they know that money's coming in, right? right? And, and they don't, they're not as worried about, hey, I need a hundred grand a year. Like, what am I going to do? Where's mm-hmm. it come from? Well, you already got 60 coming in. <laughs> so we're, we're just focusing on the 40, right? right. We, we'll take care of that. Mm-hmm. We made that happen. Strategies that we build out here, that extra 40 in, in the same example, having that 40,000 a year set aside in more safe assets. Yeah. So we're not selling stock to fund your retirement. Yep. Also going to be extremely important to the long-term success of your retirement plan. So, you know, one of the things that, that I want to point out here is this podcast is called The Capitalist Investor. Right. We're really not talking financial plans. We're talking investing, right? right? And we're talking capitalism because I love it, right? (laughs) 
And as much as we want to talk about investment strategies, as much as our listeners want to hear about investment strategies, I want to be crystal clear. There is no one-size-fits-all investment strategy that's best for everyone. You need Mm -hmm. to do the financial plan first, (laughs) and that will give you the permission slip to get into a particular strategy, or it will help you to figure out which strategy is going to help your plan to be successful, right? (laughs) So it's all about starting with that plan. You know, maybe one last thing before we wrap up here. Plans are important. Backup plans are important, but updating them every year. Let's just wrap up with that thought, right? You Mm -hmm. can't just do a plan four years ago and live off of that. Things change. (laughs) You know, you need to reroute, recalibrate, like life happens, things change. And it's important that you're updating that plan every single year, even after you're retired, Absolutely critical. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people, hey, they, they retire, they cross that finish line. Okay, well, we can go into, you know, slow down mode and extremely conservative. I mean, people are living to 90, 95 regularly. If you're married, uh, a married couple, I think there's a, a 60% chance that one of you will live to at least 90. Yeah. So, you know, you've got another 30 years in your retirement plan. You still have longevity that, that you need to finance. So, Without a doubt. Absolutely. You know, I would love to talk about, you know, stocks and and stock picks and investing and capitalism all day long. But, you know, I thought this was just a good topic because we're getting asked it right now. So if you're out there listening and you don't have a plan like this, you don't have a plan that's updated every year. You don't have that plan being used to make decisions that are going to positively affect you. That's step one on the checklist. You know, definitely step one. If you have an Excel spreadsheet plan <laughs> that you'd like for us to review, send it over. We'll yeah. take a look at it. <laughs> for sure. If you have a cookie cutter 13-minute financial plan, mm-hmm. and we didn't have the time to get into the differences between goal-based plans and cash flow-based, we'll do that on another show. But you know, if you have a plan, shoot it over to us. We can take a look at that thing in 10 minutes. Yep. It'll only take us 10 minutes. We're not going to charge anything <laughs> for it, right? Yep. And we will let you know if we think that plan has a solid foundation absolutely, or if there are critical errors embedded in that plan that are going to render it useless. Right. Absolutely. So if you want to send us over something, info at swpconnect.com. Just like we always say, you know, as we kind of wrap up today, if you have any questions, comments, shoot those to info at swpconnect.com. And like I said, we'd be happy to take a look at your your financial plan. No cost, no obligation to do anything. We appreciate each and every one of you listening. We really appreciate those of you who've subscribed. So if you <laughs> haven't done it, you know, you got to subscribe. Button. Yeah, hit it. But yeah, we'd be happy to take a look at it, you know, just as a uh, a gesture of our appreciation for you listening to our, our show week after week. So uh, thanks again for joining us on today's episode of The Capitalist Investor, and uh, we will talk to you again soon.